previously on Live at 605. John was really sick of me addressing him. Yeah, I'm very sick of you. Very so sick, sick of me. Of so sick of me. He gave me a blinged out ring. John Mallon. And Val Gomez. fitting tribute to open the show to the late Gord Downey mm-hmm. of one of the most influential Canadian bands, mm-hmm. but you could say bands of the last 30 totally. years, because I always forget how long have been around for, but uh, we've been off for a while, and we've been so much talking about all the uh, proposal, marriage stuff, that we haven't had time, time to talk about all the real stuff. All the real stuff. So I, you <laughs> thought, I, I was getting ready to set the podcast, I just heard you strumming along to Head by a Century by mm-hmm. uh, Tragically Hip, so I was like, why don't we open the show with that? So as much as I would love to say that was me on guitar, that was, that was you <laughs> over there. So, Definitely. do you have a favorite Tragically Hip song um, that you can think of? Because I have so many. My favorite song would probably be Bob Cajun, Ooh. just because I didn't realize what the lyrics meant till like this year, yeah. kind of thing. Oh, but yeah. I really like the song as like a very beautiful acoustic song, but it was also one of the first songs I learned on bass. Yeah. But then also just when I get to play guitar for it. Playing along with a harmonica. Super Ooh, beautiful. That's what good. about you? It's tough. They have a lot of good ones. The one song I like a lot, which mm. I don't think people even know that much, it's called The Darkest Ones. And it was like, Mm-mm. it came out during the Trailer Park Boys movie. And so okay. the music videos go downy with like Trailer Park Boys. Oh. But I also. It's Is it a, in more recent? Well, no. It's like, like 12 years ago. Okay. Like 2005, 6, mm-hmm. something like that. But then probably my one song that I loved the most, which was a song I learned to love later in life, was Locked in the Trunk of a Car. Because that's the one where he goes, let me out. Oh, you and Dan always used to sing that. Because we used to sing it because we saw him live at Massey Hall probably Mm -hmm. about eight years ago. And he just, that's like one of the best performances of a song I've ever seen, period. That's so cool. Which is a fitting way to open the show. Totally. Because this episode is going to be all about our summer 17. And we're going to, because we've been off, we were off for two months. Yeah. And we didn't talk about all the shit we mm-hmm. did this summer, aside from getting propo- totally. uh, engaged and stuff. Yeah. So, and we're going to do things a little bit different this week. Instead of jumping in and doing sponsorships, mm-hmm. I think we'll tell stories. And then as the sponsorship coincides with the up. story, that's totally. when we'll do it. So why don't we start by giving out all the contact information? Totally. If you guys want to get in contact with us and check out some of the cool stu- stuff we've been up to, it's valgomez23 on both Instagram and Twitter. Now how's your Instagram game this week? Did you post anything? I don't good? think I posted anything this week. Well, I might this upcoming week because we have a lot of stuff coming up. That's true. We do so, have a lot coming up. Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Malencamp. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna have a tweet. I'm gonna tweet. Th- I keep forgetting to tweet this. I'm gonna say something along the lines of, "This is what I call Fleet Fox's weather." Oh. Or when I say something like, "When it dips below minus one." That yeah. makes it Fleet Foxes weather. You have some Fleet Foxes you can play in the guitar. I there? was gonna think it's like Penny listened, but I forgot the last <laughs> card. Uh, epic eh. fail. Yeah, 
you gonna keep that guitar with you the whole time? Yeah, I like holding it. Okay. I'll I'll try and find songs as per the concert. How about Ooh, that? There we go. We'll test Kay. your music your music skills. Okay. And then you can follow us on Facebook.com slash live at six oh five. Yeah. And you will see I went pretty hard this week in making some funny posts. Yes. My favorite post this week was the Lord of the Rings Frodo picture. Is that who that is? Yes. And it was it, the, Elijah Wood. Yeah, Elijah Wood. The caption said, "John, when he finally finds Val's ring," <laughs> and it was a very funny picture. My precious. <laughs> then I had an epic fail. I tried to make a really artsy picture. I didn't get it. That no one seemed to get. But anyways, which is of, ridiculous because you always tell me not to do those. Yeah, but that was. Anyways, I, I. Anyways, the good thing is a lot of people went ham and liked and commented on all of our Facebook posts this week. Mm-hmm. So Facebook is a fun place to go and catch out our wild shit. Totally. But what about uh, on iTunes? Drop us a comment on our iTunes page because every comment you leave for us pushes us back into the news and noteworthy. Yeah, we haven't had a comment on iTunes in a while. So the next person who comments will get the I- biggest shout out. Yeah, they're going to be a fan super fan shout out. Maybe you'll even write them a little song. Like Ooh. you'll just make up some little instruments all freestyle something for them. Yep. But uh, yeah, we have we have a bunch of really good comments on iTunes, but we totally. can use a couple more, I think. Hundred percent. And um, yeah, so that's what do you what do you think we're gonna be? So what are we gonna be talking about this week? Um, oh my shit? god, we got concerts for days. We got movies. movies. We got just like parties we've been to. Weddings. So. Weddings, like the whole gambit. Travel nightmare stories. Yeah, like it, it really is. Like this will be like a. Like a, a summer recap, basically. Su- summer recap. Summer spiral. Summer spiral. Mm-hmm. So why don't we start with the thing. So the very last podcast we did last season. This is like our summer days haze. Is that what this episode's called? Well, because it is like a haze because we totally like blitzed through it. And so like now we're going back and like trying to remember everything. So it's like we're in a haze. What about, I was going to say summer dazed and confused, but mm-hmm. have we already done a dazed and confused I think episode? We have. And you said I never. T- you said I told the story about the time I had to take an did. old woman to sing more Cla- than once, to and you're trying to telling it again. <laughs> well, it's the story you said you never told, but cracking your head open, you're trying to get stories in too. I didn't remember telling it, maybe because I had a concussion. Oh, so too soon, <laughs> right? But um, well, it will almost be my anniversary of me cracking my head open. Do you remember the date? December twelfth at nine a.m. Mountain Time. Oh, <laughs> so, oh wow, you you're really good at dates. Yeah. Do you remember the day we got engaged? Yep, September twenty fourth, twenty seventeen. Oh, very in good. In the afternoon. There you go. So, if you listened to last season, our very last episode of season fourteen, we were at uh, Blue Mountain. Blue Mountain, and we were in a uh, kayak. Exactly, among other places. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing was, the day after, the day we came back from Blue Mountain, we mm-hmm. literally had like an awesome concert. So we already had stories the next day after we yeah. finished the podcast and. We do it every year. We're like, oh, okay, in between seasons, we'll re- record a bunch of episodes. And then we just... We just got too busy. We got too busy being engaged and traveling and <laughs> you being stuck on planes for 14 yeah. hours, which is a bit of a tease. <laughs> yeah. But do uh, you want to tell everyone, so when we drove back from Blue Mountain, mm-hmm. you got me birthday tickets to see two awesome bands. Yeah. So the one crazy thing is, and it's so hard, I'd like this late in the game, to try and like surprise John, and I'm sure you feel the same way, to although you did surprise me with the engagement, but, like, to surprise me with, like, birthday presents. So I'm, like, especially with concerts, I find, like, John equally obviously looks at most concert li- listings. Which concert tickets did you try to get me for my I birthday? tried to get John Kendrick Lamar tickets. And, or I was already on that. Already on that, but I ended up buying them. So yeah. <laughs> either way. You're also way. trying to get gorilla tickets. Gorilla like, tickets. No, I'm on eh, it. Already on it. 
And so, so did Sean and Tesla. Yeah. Ticket. So, like, don't bother anyone who's listening. Don't bother trying to buy John concert tickets. It's not worth the hassle. Unless. Unless you're buying them in Oakland, California. That's what I was going to say. Unless mm-hmm. you're getting me Honey Honey in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Or Snoop Dogg in Oakland, California. Exactly. So which band were, were so did you So I got seeing? John uh, to go tickets to go see Chicago and the Doobie Brothers, yeah. who you will know are not brothers. Just <laughs> first of all, you didn't you thought they were all brothers? Yeah. Then I thought their last name was Doobie. <laughs> and I said to you, Do you know what a Doobie is? And then I said no. <laughs> Do you remember what a Doobie is yes, now? Yes. Now I remember what it is because you told me it's a joint. Exactly. So the Doobie brothers mm-hmm. didn't mean they're all their last names were Doobie and they were brothers, but they all mm-hmm. were like weed brothers. Like I all. basically thought it was like remember the year of like the Isley brothers. Yeah. But like you, those kinds of brothers. <laughs> yeah. I thought they were just like, hey, we're the seventies versions of the Isley brothers. And you never heard Doobie before? No. Not attached to brothers. No. Why do you want to be the Weed Brothers? Because it's seventies Southern rock, sixties Southern rock, seventies yeah. Southern rock, just like Free Love, Flower <laughs> Childs. That's what the sixties and seventies were all about. So you grew up listening to this stuff, but we yes. had actually gone on a Doobie Brothers slash Chicago kind of listening spree. Phase. Yeah, like yeah. listening spree. And so I'm like, okay, this seems really good. The crazy thing was, were these tickets were almost sold out. So I had to like literally strategically buy them mm-hmm. during like a day at work. And I can't remember like what was happening, but like my friend Helene, like I ended up having to ask her to like try and buy them too. Jesus. Because I was getting kicked out of like the marketplace or whatever what are these, for tickets. All these old people so tech savvy. I have no idea. But then I'm also like, how is it possible that these fucking tickets are sold out? Like these are the things I'm like curious about. But I didn't realize how huge of a following they had. Yeah, Chicago it was either this year or, this, or last year they mm-hmm. got inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching their performance and being like blown away. Totally. Doobie Brothers, I just love them just because their music's so awesome. Yeah. And Doobie Brothers are so intriguing to me because they went through two or three phases in their musical career where it's like before Michael McDonald and after mm-hmm. Michael McDonald when their music was more Southern rock, like Jesus is just all right with me. Right. And then it goes into 80s when it has Michael McDonald singing songs about like, she wears something. <laughs> I hate that guy. But then Chicago's just, although Chicago also had their 80s. Their 80s, Their like, 80s ballads, ballad shit. Well, there were some songs you didn't realize were Chicago, man. So, for most of you guys who don't know Chicago, here's, like, just some examples of songs they had on their camp- you catalog. You on Apple Music? Yep. Um, so, they have this one, which is one of John's favorites. Yes. So, 25. Or 6, six or 2, 4. four or something. Whatever that means. And I was like, even when they were playing this, I'm like, I didn't even know this was their song. Yeah. 25, 4, 6, 2, 1. Is that First right? of all, it's 25 or 6, 2, 4. Oops. <laughs> and their horn section alone. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Makes me want to play trombone again. Obviously. Then this one is obviously a crowd favorite. Yeah. Everybody knows this song. Yeah, I need to so learn this on piano. Saturday in the park. Okay, yeah. you do that. You could probably learn it. It's I all pretty so. basic chords. We should do this next time I go jam with your totally. band. Totally. Um, so that's Saturday in the park. What's another really big one? By Chicago. Yeah, that uh, people might not know. Um, I'm trying to think of one of those like 80s ballads. Uh, Hold on. Oops. So we there's a few. I, I'm going to look up. This is another one that I like a lot. This so one? Play, yeah, play this one. This is is one this of, 80s, though? No, this would be more this 70s. This sounds 70s. I'm going to find you their 80s song. Hold on. Just 
Do you like you like their stuff, right? Oh, I do. Oh, I, I know what song it is. You're the inspiration. Oh yeah. That's the song. You're I think the you reason like. yeah. in my life. You're the inspiration. Yeah, this is like quintessential '80s. 80, yeah, this is like kind of thing. But this was the song, and this was kind of cool for Toronto. I guess they brought out a singer on this song. Yeah. And he was from Toronto. From Toronto. And so like the crowd went nuts, and you gotta think, guys. What? As mouth, I was gonna say as your name, as you mouth the uh, words alongside. Um, what you're gonna call it? So we, John and I are possibly like the youngest people in this crowd, and I just remember you sitting beside a rather large woman who took her shoes off. Oh right? yeah, she had no shoes. I and think she had gout. She had what's gout? It's where you have like foot fungus. Ew! But yeah, she would never get up. But she was like her feet were like she didn't have shoes on. Yeah, it was and gross. she was like kind of healing over into your seat. Yeah. So there was just like an awkward thing and then the people behind us were talking so yeah. much that some other guy like sassed Sass. the shit out of them. Yeah. Right? But there was just basically like the whole concert was full of cougars. Yeah. So So why don't you so people now they know what Chicago They know Chicago, but do we know the Doobie Brothers? I didn't really know any okay, Doobie so Brothers. I want you to play just cuz they're so interesting cuz they have two they had two lead singers. Oh, okay. Uh, the first guy, I don't remember what his name is, but the second guy is Michael McDonald. So I want you to play pre-Michael McDonald. This is the original Doobie Brothers. Okay. I'll on. tell you which song to play. You should play, uh, play Listen to the Music, if you can find that. Yeah. So I would say almost Doobie Brothers had like a bigger crowd cheer. But they were the opening they band. They were the opening band. Is, is this the boys. one that's like, whoa, listen, listen to, to the, the music. music. Yeah. yeah. You should post the picture that I made for you. Because I, yeah, I perfectly photoshopped you into the Doobie Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. See, and what I like about our concerts this summer, oh, are, it's going to be like, it literally crosses all all fucking genres yeah like you and i are so eclectic did you want me to get to the fun part yeah uh yeah well i was gonna say yeah but people get an idea of what this is like good old southern like leonard skinner 70s yeah southern rock so we'll get to the chorus then we'll show you the uh difference of lead singers and stuff mm -hmm. such a good voice too here we go Whoa, listen to the music so, and then put on What a Fool Believes, which is my all-time favorite so Doobie Brothers song, featuring your boy, Michael McDonald. Oh, God. So, I have a haunting But they didn't even play this song. They didn't play this I song. I was so pissed off. But I have haunting memories of, like, dating John back in, like, the first couple of years when me, John, and Dan would hang out, like, on Saturday nights here pre going out with rallying everyone and just John and Dan singing this fucking song yeah, all put the it up time. the microphone it's really introspective lyrics too I can't even understand what he's saying <laughs> I don't know what he's saying. Just get to that chorus, though. Here we go. She's 
Alright, anyway. You know what's ridiculous I just thought of? Is that the Doobie Brothers with Michael McDonald impression yeah. sounds very eerily similar to our fucking uh, BG <laughs> the Bee Gees uh, impression. That's because it's all the same shit. Because we didn't know the lyrics to Staying Alive. And then we just kept being like, ha, ha, ha. No, it wasn't Staying Alive. It was... Oh, uh, Saturday night. No, no, it was... Oh, God. Cue up some Bee Gees. Uh, what was it? We were in your... You were in the car. We were in the car in the burbs. And then the Bee Gees... If you, I know if you give me the list of the songs, it's like... Um, hold on. We better pause. So the song, this song came on Night Fever. And, like, John and I are, like, fully, like, oh, we know the words of this. But, like, without checking in with each other, we both just started doing our, like, full-on, like... Barry Gibb. Barry Gibb voice. First of all... All teeth. Barry. Barry Gerard. First of all, Bee Gees are an awesome band. I know. I just, like... <laughs> oh yeah, because we did the other this part. Oh, no. Oh, let's just get to that part. Get to that part. Yeah, it's this part yeah. coming. Night fever, night fever. We all fear to do it. Okay. One of those you had to be there. You had moments. to be there, or you didn't, because that was magical. But uh, who did you enjoy more, Chicago or the Doobie Brothers? Chicago, because I knew more of their songs. Yeah. But then there was also other songs I didn't realize that they did. Yeah. Um, they played, which I thought was awesome. And do you remember, like, one of the like original horn players was like Link the Sink, and he was like yeah. eighty years old, fucking playing a saxophone, and his like shirt was unbuttoned to his like belt. Yeah, like, did, who are you, old man? The other thing that made me laugh... He was, definitely would be a Harvey Weinstein. Oof. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. On uh, both sides. <laughs> the other thing I liked a lot, which I thought was funny, was that... Um, first of all, all the members in the Doobie Brothers looked like old the original nine of Sons of Anarchy. Oh, 100%. Like, they looked like a biker gang. And then all the graphics like the uh, on the video board were just cheesy 80s graphics like they <laughs> clearly hadn't updated any of them since 1986 probably. but they all everyone loved them though yeah and then the crazy thing was chicago's like oh we're celebrating 50 years as a band so i'm like holy shit i'm like how old are all these singers like are they in the, they must mm-hmm. be in their early 70s right which i thought was crazy so you want to group it together and as an overall experience on the fast bender scale Ooh. what do you give chicago doobie brothers yo 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 how many Michael Fassbenders do you get out of 10, boy? Damn, dog. You get eight, because that white boy crazy. So for me, because I, I don't really know the Doobie Brothers catalog, so this will be more based on experience. Sure, sure. I think I would give it a solid, like, nine out of ten. Jesus. In terms of, well, it was fun. And wow. actually, like, the musicality of Chicago, like, here in a day where, like, so much music is synthesized, but yeah. seeing, like, a big band perform to me it's on par when like watching like brian wilson pet sounds tour where all the music is organic to what's happening on the stage like nothing is contrived so from a musicianship and like listening experience pretty solid what about you uh i would have to give it to be honest an 8.5 whoa they lose a lot of marks for not playing what a fool oh my god i just wanted to hear that song that's the best song it was awesome like for 60 and 70 year old 1.5 miss because of what a fool yeah. Okay. I was. I'm shocked you gave it a nine. I thought you'd be hovering around eight point three, eight point four, or something. So that's pretty impressive. Okay. So that was the first summer concert of the season. Then what happened? Um. So that was like mid July. Mid July. 
Um, Holy shit, we've been off for a while. <laughs> well, I just have no... I don't... Now, I don't remember when things happened, mm-hmm. but we went along the way and we saw Planet of the Apes. Ooh! Okay, so hold on a second. So, we saw, which was... I'm, like, way more into this New Age franchise, so we went to go see War for the Planet of the Apes, and that's basically... Is it War for or War of? War for the Planet of the name. Apes. Why? War for? War. Oh, what is it good for? Absolutely, Absolutely nothing. Unless you're an ape. Say it. No. So this movie, I was super excited for. Like, I actually thought it looked like the effects of it. Like, the CGI was really well done. Um, I actually really liked the last two plot lines. Like, overall, like, talking the previous one was about, like, sustainability and, like, obviously, like, racial discrimination. And this one was kind of a culmination of everything. Yeah. And so this one is about after the apes suffer an unimaginable loss, Caesar wrestles wrestles with his darker instincts and begins his own mythic quest to avenge his kind. Right. Right? And so I absolutely loved it. I thought it was awesome. Um, Who stars in the movie? What is that Woody Harrelson? Yep. So Woody Harrelson is in it. Who plays Caesar? On. Sorry? Who plays Caesar? Andy Serkis, who is, like, in Lord of the Rings as, like, Gollum. Precious. And Precious. Um, but I thought Woody Harrelson was really great. Yeah, Woody Harrelson's awesome. He was awesome in it. Uh, Steve Zahn played the bad ape. Oh, Steve Zahn. Uh, yeah, Steve Zahn was supposed to be the original Heisenberg, by the way. He was weird. supposed to be cast as Walter that, White. That was a better cast. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. So, other overall, I actually really liked it. So, what would you give it on the Fastbender scale? Yo, yo, yo. How many Michael Fassbenders do you get out of 10, boy? Damn, dog. You get eight, because that white boy crazy. I'm going to be honest and just give it a solid 8.1. 8.1. I'm not as into these Planet of the Apes mm-hmm. movies. Mm-hmm. The storyline was all right. Mm-hmm. I didn't really care for the little girl who was with the apes. Oh, it yeah. goes back to my whole thing. I might come off a little uh, like a mean person, mm-hmm. but I didn't. I did not side with the apes. I wanted them to die. I sided with the humans a hundred percent. I'd be on Woody Harrelson's team, but let's kill these monkeys. Why? Because first of all, stupid um, James Franco mm-hmm. genetically mutated an ape, mm-hmm. and he just fucked the world over. So now there's all these giant apes. Think of it right now. They just want to be left alone. Except for the part where they killed all these humans previously. Because they wanted to be left alone. <laughs> yeah, but in this world where it's me versus you, and mm-hmm. it's the human race versus the ape race, mm-hmm. I gotta choose the human. Like, let's just say 2017. In Trump's America. In Trudeau's Canada. <laughs> <laughs> there are apes that can talk and shoot guns. Yeah. Are you gonna go be like, They're oh, hey, what up, ape? Guns. It's like, what up, ape? You wanna be on the podcast next week? Do you have any good stories? <laughs> Caesar would. Caesar would. But it's just like, um, although I just realized the apes are have better acting than those damn garbage people from The Walking Dead. Thank you. So, but the movie cool. was all right. I don't love the walk, the mm-hmm. Planet of the Apes. They're okay. It was good. It was entertaining. Oh, oh, oh! Epic fail. So Can you, you are. Pick it up. That's <laughs> horrible. Just sitting and looking. So. You are a foot away from a garbage can. I am can. clearly not, as right. my foot is right here. I am at least three feet away, right, you're three holding f- a guitar behind a microphone. Generously three feet away. And only my left hand to my name. Yeah, but you claim to be want to be, like, ambidextrous. Is that a good name of, like, a punk band? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was just thinking... Either of- way, I give War for the Planet of the Apes nine and... Point five out of ten. Yo, yo, yo.
How many micro fast benders do you get out of ten, boy? Damn, dog. You get eight, because that white boy crazy. Really? Watch it on Netflix. But why, though? Why? Why do you like it so much? I love this series. I think it's like, it's. I like it like I like X-Men, where I find, like, it's not as over the top to me as, like, the rest of the Marvel series yeah. kind of thing, where the CGI is out of control. Yeah. I do. No, I, I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. And like, then I do think it's, like, it's written really thoughtfully because they don't come out as, like, frequently. Right. So they don't feel as, like, if, like slopped together with a crayon. If you had to rank them from best to worst, rank your top three Planet of the Ape rankings. I like this new one the most. I would say the James Franco one I didn't like as much. So that one probably be the worst. But I also didn't watch them, like, in the... 80s when they came out like with the original no those ones are too scary so it's like i only like again how i said like the new age one so i'd almost say like this most recent one the regular um what you want to call it the last one that they had and then the james franco one and the cool thing with this round of planet of the apes the opening prologue actually called out all of the titles in the opening paragraph to like set up the film okay so they you kind of saw how that evolution happened yeah that's cool so, Next. so to go from one talking ape to another weird talking animal, mm. I want to talk quickly. I forgot to mention last week about when we went to the Senators game when you lost your ring. Yeah. We didn't talk about my interaction with Ottawa Senators mascot Spartacat, Spartacat which was terrifying. <laughs> so you don't, I don't really care much about like um, uh, mascots, but. I do like Ottawa's Spartacat. I do, but He's it's like cool. one of those things where, if, especially if you're into the game as much as I am, yeah. whereas you're into being more of a shit with Spartacat, no. you were totally trying I was to being like, a shit. you were so being a shit. I was very much like watching the game, then all of a sudden this giant cat is just beside us. Yeah. And so it freaked the shit out of me. So we were watching the Suns game. This is pre you losing your ring. Yeah. Uh, and Sparta Cat was like two rows in front of me, giving people high fives, taking pictures. Mm. I didn't want a picture with the dude, but I just put my hand out. You didn't? What do I want a picture with a giant you Sparta didn't? Cat? You just wanted an Instagram story. Yeah, I wanted an Insta story because, I, like I said, give me the likes. <laughs> Which, first of all, I apologize. Give me the likes didn't make it on iTunes, so it's give me the likes. <laughs> Use proper English. <laughs> yeah, that's maybe what it is. But then Sparta Cat, I filmed this Insta story of having my hand out in front of him, and for like two stories, the dude just like totally he totally like ignored me and punked you. me shafted me he did not he looked straight in my eyes into my soul and did not high five me <laughs> yeah. and eventually he came back and i got the high five and yeah. i got the video and it's a very entertaining video collection totally so that's why i just wanted to post it mm-hmm. but i wanted to ask you because it was a big week for the ottawa senators i know this is jumping ahead but tell me what you think of the big ottawa senators nashville predators colorado avalanche trade that oh, rocked the hockey it. world fucking hate it I hate it. I don't want Duchesne. Who the fuck is this guy? I've been trying to convince you for the last week that Matt Duchesne, who just got traded to Ottawa, is a younger, faster, better-looking Kyle Turris. And secondly, what is he, like, minus four points since he's been traded to us? Next. Yeah, but he you got to admit, he's just, like, too low when he got traded to Toronto. He didn't, didn't do, do anything. Didn't do a whole lot, but he had the team win. What? What does that even mean? Okay, so you're not in favor of... Um, too low or Duchesne. Yeah. Do you feel like by the end of the season, and you got to be truthful, by the end of the season, will you like Matt Duchesne? That's a great question. No, because I, unlike you, <laughs> am not a bandwagon person. Yeah, but what if he ends up scoring 40 goals this season? So? And Kyle Turris gets suspended for, like, punching How many goals does he have already? 
I'm going to round around, say around 6, 7. Yeah, that that's based on nothing. <laughs> I can get you a stats. Go. I can get you a stats. What is it? Why are you always so tough when new players come to the team? Because I have loyalty, loyalty, loyalty. Who are you, Kendrick Lamar? Exactly. Um, it's in my DNA. Yeah. <laughs> you have loyalty, you say. Yeah. Um, but what was it last year when we got, like, Stahlberg? You liked him so much right away. Victor because I Stahlberg. liked him with Burroughs because they reminded me of the Mighty Ducks movie and the Bash Brothers. Really? Yeah. But then I was going to be sad if Burroughs got traded, and so he didn't. But I was okay if Stahlberg did. So in 14 games, he uh, has four goals, six assists. Turris? Okay, Kyle Turris. Let's see. Hold on. So Kyle Turris in his national de- debut scored a goal. Mm-hmm. And he has four goals, seven assists. He's a minus three, so he's shittier than Duchesne this year. That's not fair. I, I like the guy, but on to the next one, like Jay-Z says. <laughs> Anyways, so next. Let's, let's, let's go back. This is jumping all over the place, but we can talk about this quickly. If you guys remember, one of the bets we had for the last couple seasons was during the Emmys. Mm. We had a bet saying that if Atlanta, mm-hmm. critically acclaimed, award-winning Atlanta, won Best Comedy Series at, at the Emmys, yeah. you would have to watch the show. Totally. And, I again, I was telling you, yeah, this show is best show on TV. Till it wasn't because it didn't win. And then <laughs> it lost out. I don't even know what won Best Comedy. It better not be like modern Young family. Sheldon or Modern Family. Young Sheldon. <laughs> Oh, the fucking Big Bang Theory. <laughs> like, yeah. the fuck is young Sheldon? And I thought I was in a good place because uh, Donald, so Donald Glover won Best Director of a Comedy Series. Totally. And I believe he won Best Actor of a Comedy Series. He did. But Which makes no sense. Like, I, this is the one yeah, thing the, I wouldn't Why wouldn't, win why best wouldn't he win Best Comedy? Like, I don't understand that. It also, it needs to be, there needs to be a new category, Best Dramedy. Yeah. Because I would not say Atlanta's a comedy. It mm-hmm. is funny, but it's also mm-hmm. very serious. It's just mm-hmm. like... This is a bad example, but Louie, that show, was always nominated for Best Comedy, but it was a drama. Was it a comedy imitating real life? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, Someone just, I saw someone tweet, I think it was Billy Eichner of American Horror Story, Mm -hmm. cult fame, tweeted, the Oscars need to have a new category, Best uh, Picture That Didn't Make It it or whatever, Uh Best Canceled Film or whatever. Anyway, so you did... Atlanta did not win Best Comedy, so I deleted Atlanta from the DVR, unfortunately. Did you just call it a DVR? Yeah, for all my American listeners. Oh, okay. They call it DVR. Okay. We call it PVRs here I was like, in, in Trump's America, you call it DVR? <laughs> it was sad. What about Trudeau's Canada? Trudeau's Canada, yeah, I should have said that. Yeah. DVR, DVR, same thing. Mm-hmm. Are you a little sad not to watch Atlanta? No. Oh. <laughs> well, you're going to miss out on The Amazing Season 2, which is coming to FX in 2018. So... I think the next concert we had was Fleet Foxes. Ooh. And this leads in perfectly into this week's sponsorship for yourself. Okay. So why don't we get into your sponsorship of the week? Sponsorship of the week. We haven't seen the concert uh, by the band Fleet Foxes in about seven years as well. This summer is actually like a theme of like shows we haven't seen in seven years because Arcade Fire is actually the same. Yeah. Right? And so we are so excited about this Fleet Foxes <laughs> show, and... You're going to say Fleet Coxes? No. Okay. Like Dr. Cox? <laughs> yes. Um, what you going to call it? So John bought these tickets a while back, and it's at, the show's at Massey Hall, which is the perfect venue for this type of band, because their, their musicianship is out of control. The, like, 
his actual voice, the lead singer, is crazy good. And for those of you guys who don't know Fleet Foxes, um, but no other hipster musicians formerly in the band, Father John Misty was the drummer in Fleet Foxes when Fleet Foxes first started and then branched off and did his solo career. Yes. Um, so having said that, I was in Montreal for a shoot the whole week leading up to coming home for the Friday show of yeah. Fleet Foxes. And so my flight to get home was supposed to be like one in the afternoon. Yeah, it's like what, an hour flight? An hour flight from Montreal, if anything. And so I was so excited. The whole week was really, really busy in Montreal, like to the point where I think I would go to bed at like two and wake up at 4.45. And that was like four days straight. So I was like, I'm gonna come home. I'm basically staying an extra day. I could have flown home on the Thursday night, but I chose to stay just to yeah. finish off the shoot and like not rush home to sleep in a bit to then be yeah. home in time for the show. And so this will start my sponsorship of the week. Sponsorship of the week. I already put in your sponsorship that, sting that, earlier. That sting was better to put it there. So anyway, I text John to say like, hey, I'm leaving for the airport. Yeah. And for those of you guys who don't remember, um, I've had like shitbag luck trying to return cars to the Montreal Pierre Trudeau airport. Yeah. And so I left <laughs> enough time to go get gas, refill the car, take the car back and still make it to like my gate. And so I was like, oh my God, I'm here so early. Everything's going so smooth. The sun is shining, a-okay. So I get to the airport, go grab something to eat because I haven't had breakfast yet. It's about 11.30. Flight doesn't leave for like an hour and a half. Text John, hey, I'm totally stoked. I'll see you in like a few hours. You'll be home before I get home from work. Totally. I'll probably like take a nap and then we can go to the show. So then at I think like 12.30, when I think we're about to board, yeah. they're like, oh, the flight is going to be delayed by like half an hour. And so I'm like okay yes and so then i like text you i'm like oh it's like a half an hour delay yeah and at this point one of my colleagues was taking the train back to like some other area in kingston and so i'm like okay well she's already leaving so i'm like kind of just like stuck there now which is fine yeah um but i'm like okay everyone is kind of gone now from the shoot yeah and so i end up waiting in the airport and now the half an hour goes and they're like hey guys, you know, we need to wait like another hour at yeah. this point. And so I'm like, another hour? I could have been home already. Like, this is so weird. And so we're all like from our flight are kind of waiting in this gate at this point to get on the flight. They finally say like, we're ready to start boarding. And I'm like, okay, it's not so bad. I thought I was going to be home at two. I'll now be home at like three. Yeah. Not so bad. I felt kind of bad because... Uh, it was a Friday, summer Friday. Mm -hmm. I think we had a bit of summer hours. I, I was done work by 2 o'clock, so I'm like, oh, I'll be home. Okay, walked home. <laughs> yeah. And here's what I'd never even told you is guess what I did when I came home that day early from work? What? Worked on your engagement video. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, oh, great. I can work on this a few hours before you get yeah. home. Then we'll go to the concert. So I came home. Uh, started working on the engagement video. Mm -hmm. Little did I know I would work a lot of hours on this engagement video. <laughs> so I think... We got onto the plane, and I was like, okay, still sunny, whatever. And so we get on. We're all sitting down. I'm sitting beside this mother and, like, her younger daughter kind of thing. And I think, like, our whole row, essentially, like, there was three seats and three seats were all, like, women of different ages. But then the people sitting across from us in the opposite row were, or aisle, I guess, um, 
were <laughs> flying back from like like somewhere in Africa. I can't remember. So they had Jesus. already they had already been on like an eighteen hour flight and were delayed, yeah. like going home. And so we're all kind of sitting there waiting to take off, and we literally get on the tarmac about to take off, and then the captain comes on, and he's like, "Hey guys, um, unfortunately there's like bad weather or something, so we just need to like wait it out." And so we're like, "Okay." So now we're stuck in the plane, and it's been like another hour. So yeah. I've already been like stuck on the plane for an hour, stuck in the airport for two hours, and like I could have probably been home three times at this point. So for those of you guys who don't know, back in mid or end of August, I would say early September, there was this huge case where Air Transat ended up keeping people on a flight on the tarmac for like over four hours without food and water or air and like a bunch of people threatened to sue. So that was like a week before I was on this flight. And so I think everybody on our flight started being like what the fuck right at this point like we had already been stuck in the plane for an hour we're not moving they're not telling us what's happening and so we're like okay what the fuck's going on and the stewardesses were doing a good job of like trying to like keep us calm based on the air transat experience and so then they're like okay guys i hate to say this you know but there's really bad like hurricane type weather in um south quebec or something so we can't take off so then we were stuck on the plane for another two and a half hours Jesus. at that point. And I was, like, texting you, being like, I'm not coming home. Like, I'm stuck here. I was but don't to, cancel the concert. Like, I'll be home tonight. I was still trying to do the math. I'm like, okay, if you, what's the latest you can take off that we can make this mm-hmm. concert? If the fleet foxes go on at 9.10. Totally. If your flight leaves at 6.30, you'll land in Pearson, mm-hmm. 7.45, you get off. 8.30, you can take a cab right to Massey Hall. Totally. I'm like, okay, if you take off by 6.30, mm-hmm. it'll be tight, but we can maybe make it. Totally. And so at this point, it's been like three and a half to four hours. We've been stuck on the plane with like the air conditioning going, which was great. Was there lots of food and water for you guys? So there was no food, right? Oh. There was water. But you got to think, there's not like this endless supply of water and the air is really dry on a plane. And so after four hours, they legally can't keep you on there, right? Mm. So they have to let you off. But because we were already on the tarmac, we had to like literally deboard the plane and take it back to the gate. So then I'm thinking it was like five o'clock at this point, right? And so I'm like, okay. And I'm like, oh, John, they're like taking us back to the gate. And so like I texted you and I was like, I don't think I'm leaving yet. And so... I'm going to see if I can get on another flight. So you were, I asked you to look for flights for me back. Like, is there a train or something? Because I just wanted to get home at this point. So we get back to the gate. It takes us another, like, hour to deboard the plane. So it's been five hours at this point. Then we go back into the airport because they're like, okay, there's going to be a flight leaving at 7.30. So, okay, we're all like, okay, that's fine. So we're all kind of like standing at the gate where the kiosk desk is but now note that there are multiple flights behind us that are also have been delayed because of this so everyone like there's a huge amount of people in the gate we haven't had any food but we know we have at least two hours till the time the flight takes off so people start walking away to be like we're gonna go get food and come back and whatnot and then like as people start walking away they're like make an announcement and it was like attention passengers like attention passengers people on flight like 
A46 or something to Toronto. Can I try it as, yeah. as an airport yeah. pilot voice? Because airport pilots and stripper DJs have the same voice. Oh, okay. And this is your pilot, uh, <laughs> Jeffrey. I just want to let you guys know that uh, we'll be airborne in maybe another two hours. And uh, coming up to the stage next is Cinnamon. Cinnamon, Ew. come on up to the stage and shake that ass. Ew. Um, so that was basically it. That was exactly that voice. And they basically just said to come back to this other gate. We're now moving gates because... They're going to get us on an earlier flight. And at this point now, you've broken the news. You're basically not coming back. So I'm trying to find friends to see if they mm-hmm. just want to take the tickets. Because you're mm-hmm. like, oh, why don't you go to the show yourself? I'm like, first of all, I feel way too guilty to go yeah. by myself or even go with a friend. I'm yeah. like, so. But I told you to go. So. so what I did, though, should I tell them what I was doing in between all this stuff? Yeah. So Because I knew you were really down and out and upset you were going to miss the show. Mm-mm. I was like, well, hold on. They're going to play not one but two shows at mm-hmm. Massey Hall and they're playing again tomorrow I'm like guess what sister we got tickets available for the next day Aww. so I'm like if you want I'm going to snatch up two even better seats to Saturday's show mm-hmm. so I did just that and got uh, sorry that was a burp I repressed <laughs> I had like a repressed memory and I ended up snagging us two tickets to the next day's show so at least that was something you could still look forward to you weren't going to miss it all together totally but, I just think it was like and I'll, I'll tell you my thought process afterwards so, like, much like when I lost the engagement ring, I don't start panicking to, like, or getting upset to, like, the last possible moment. Like, I think I know, or when I feel defeated, right? Like, I usually can keep pretty, like, sound mind and have clarity. But you gotta do what Big Sean says. What? Last night took an L, but tonight I bounce back. What's L? Taking an L means you took a loss. Oh, yes. So that's what so I did. So you took a loss, but you bounced back the next day. Yes. But I will say, like... We ended up getting, so they switched the gate on us. And I'm like, okay, I'm still not in bad spirits. The one thing I will say, 2017, as long as you have technology, you've always made a good point to keep, like, all of my chargers and things on me so I can, like, charge my phone. I have the iPad, you know, Netflix. I literally watch, like, nine episodes of Gilmore Girls. Like, so that wasn't so bad. But it had already been about nine and a half hours at this point. And I'm like, I could have flown to California and back in that time, right? right? And it literally is like an less than an hour flight to Toronto. So I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? And basically, they were also saying like there was shitty weather in Toronto, so we couldn't even come into Toronto. Right. And so they tell us to move the gate. So everyone starts picking up and running to like gate 45 if we were at gate 7. Then they make an announcement to be like, no, come back to gate seven. We can leave from here. So, like, everybody's getting, like, pretty irate at this point. And so we get to the gate, and this is where, like, people's true fucking colors come out. So, like, as I said earlier, we really only had the water they gave to us on the plane in about nine hours and no food unless you physically brought your own or went to go get it in between the gate debacle. And so the stewardess people on the kiosk brought out two of those like almond milk sized cartons of orange juice and a bunch of like plastic cups and like two cartons of like um like shortbread biscuits kind of thing and like one larger dude literally took one entire carton of the cookies and one box of like the orange juice and like people started fucking freaking out on this guy and he's like, I need this for my family. And, like, and then, like, a guy's like, that's for everyone. Yeah. And, like, it was 
like, I say this a lot now, but it's, like, herd mentality, where I'm, like, people fucking, like, they do. Mob mentality. Mob mentality. They show their true colors, and I'm, like, this is fucked up. Like, they're, like, like, I get it. If you have, like, little kids and stuff, like, totally get them and, like, maybe say, like, hey, can I just, like, give my kids stuff Mm. first? But, like, that wasn't the case. It literally looked like this guy was just taking food for himself and, like, running off. So that was a little shitty. So then I was just kind of camping out with the girls who were, like, oh, they were coming back from Morocco. And so, like, one girl was, like, crying because she was so tired and she had been, like, sick for so long. So she just wanted to get home. And so I was hanging out with them. And I was just, like, I'm missing a concert. Like, I'm literally just trying to, like get home after like five days of working in montreal like and people were like this never happens on this airline yeah. and all this crap so then they finally say hey guys we're gonna board you back onto the flight mm. and so the one weird thing is you know when you board planes now they do it by zone yeah and so it's like zone one through zone four and zone one is typically like first class or premium class yeah and zones two to three are just like economy and so after being nine and a half hours delayed, I'm sorry, it's everyone for themselves. For sure. Like, do not fucking board by class structure. And so, like, people, they had, like, the stewardess lady started calling, like, zone one first. Shit. And, like, people were, like, not having it, including me. I'm like, fuck that noise. Like, yeah. get us on the fucking plane. Right? And so, like, everyone kind of just, like, pushed their way through. Right. And, that, and it was just like, what's the difference at this point? Like, just get people on the fucking flight. So we get on the plane, we're all sitting down, we're like excited to take off. It's been about 10 hours at this point. And so then the pilot comes back on the radio again and he's like, hey guys, I know it's been a really long night and a really like hard day, but he's like, I got some good news and I got some bad news. And so everybody's like, ugh, right? And so we're like, what's the haps? And so he's like, so the good news is we will be taking off. Right? Yeah, today. I like where this is going. The bad news is we can't take off for another, um, like, two hours, essentially. Yeah. Because he's like, there's X amount of planes in front of us, and it takes, like, 15 minutes per plane yeah. to take off ahead of us to have enough room on the runway. And so we're like, now we're stuck on the fucking plane again. I know. And so it's been, like, 12 hours we're stuck on this plane. And so then I'm like, oh, my God. And that's kind of the point where I, I like, I called you. I think, and I was talking to you on the phone, and I just got really upset because I wanted to come home, and, like, it had been, like, a really long shoot, and yeah, I think I just was, week. like, I just felt really tired. I got vertigo yeah, this summer, not good. which wasn't good, like, and then From after, that flight. From that flight and being on that flight for so long, and, like, I don't know if any of you guys have ever had vertigo, but it is, like, possibly one of the worst sensations because your entire equilibrium is, like, kind of fucked up, and so, like... I think it's like, for me at least, I still feel like sometimes my ear is sore kind of thing. But like when I would sit down and like favor going to my left hand side, I literally felt like I was spinning out of control, right? Like I felt like being on a merry-go-round that was going so fast. And so I couldn't like lie down or anything. And so I was just getting like so agitated. And so then two hours pass and we're like, okay, we're taking off. And I'm like, sweet. And so we finally take off. And we're flying, and it's great. And then we get into Toronto, and then the captain comes on the PA again, and he's like, hey, guys, so the good news is we're in Toronto. And so we're all like, yay. And so he's like, the bad news is he's like, all those flights ahead of us that Uh took so long 
to like get out of Montreal, we're now behind them to like get a gate in Toronto. And so it's 15 minutes per flight to like get into the gate. So then we were stuck on the flight, I think for like another hour or so. So I think the total amount of time was like 13 and a half hours. And so- Yeah, pretty much. The one funny thing was, and this was like hilarious because it took us so long to like get a gate but we weren't really moving but they always say like please put on your safety belts and like Mm. sit in your seats at one point like we were like it's our turn we're getting to the gate like get us the fuck off here yeah and the the captain and the uh stewardess came on the thing like please sit in your seats get your seat belts on they said it twice and then they did it again because somebody was clearly not in their seat right and so in unison you just see like what is it like 35 rows of people in unison mm. look at backwards at the same time be like who the fuck doesn't have yeah. their, like we want to go home and so then all you see is this old man come out of the bathroom Uh-oh. as if he took his like world's last number two kind of thing and like literally walk of shame back all the way to the front of was the was he plane. remorseful though he i think he did that thing where it's like you know you feel bad but you don't say anything but you just bow your head in shame Right. So he like, and you could hear like everyone like under the breath, including me, just like rumbling, like get yeah, the of fuck course. back to your seat, seat, dude. Like holy shit! And it, like, th- and I think this is what's really upsetting is like when I think about it, I could have probably driven twice to Montreal and back. Probably. And so like that was really long. So by the time I got home, I think it was like two in the morning, one forty-five. Yeah, it was pretty late. It's one one forty-five two. And I was so exhausted. You were really sweet. You got like a pizza for me, right? Yeah. And this is the point. Like I hadn't really ate anything since eleven yeah, thirty that morning, again. which was bullshit. And I think the next day I slept until like four, as you should have, right? Though. And so like it was really like probably the worst, one of the worst travel experiences I've ever had. Yeah. But subsequently, since if you guys remember on the engagement podcast or the the last one, yeah, give me the legs. Where again we went to Porter and our flight was delayed again on a sunny day. I, on a sunny day, and I just was having like non flashbacks to Seriously. this flight in August. Yeah, that's great. Well, I'm glad to have you back. I'm glad to be back. Yeah. So why don't we fast? So that was my sponsorship of the week. Sponsorship of the week. It's an intense sponsorship of the week. So why don't we go to something fun? Why don't we talk about the Fleet Foxes concert yeah. then? So, yeah, we hadn't seen them in, like, six, seven years. And mm-hmm. how do you feel about their new album? Love you, their new yeah, album. Yeah, it definitely grew on me a lot. I think mm-hmm. it's their band that's never put out a bad album. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Arcade Fire. Totally. Uh, and so... I'm trying to think. It's like, for those of you guys who don't know here, hold on. Fleet Foxes. They'll probably be band of the week, so you can break them off a little something now, but... So, like, this is one of their main songs. Yeah, play songs. their big songs. Their, their sound is like very intense harmonies like so beautiful very like clean beach boy beach boy-esque but like indie folk rock yeah maybe um but the the lead singer's voice is just like fucking insane it's so yeah one good. of the best voices you'll ever hear live like without a doubt I'm so, just listening to this part kick in right now You don't get better songwriting than yeah. that. It's like one of the best songs ever written. And I don't um, say that lightly. So, mm. super amazing band. Um, so that was from 2008. Oh, 
Holy shit, that was a long yeah. time ago. We used to, we listened to them before we were dating. Totally. I told you about Fleet Foxes. You did. Thank you. I had many nights listening to Fleet Foxes crying over you, being like, why is she so mean to me? Yeah, right. Meanwhile, fast forward nine years later, give me the legs because I got your ass uh, forever now. <laughs> <laughs> Harvey Weinstein. No, it's, <laughs> I put a rock on it, so we're all good. <laughs> But um, so I absolutely love the show, yeah, and it was really good. We were sitting right beside. You can see on my Instagram pictures from the show, but we were sitting like dead center mm, um, next to the sound stage. Next to the sound stage. Um, and then like he's just such a like an amazing lead performer. Yeah, every there wasn't one song that he didn't play that I like. Every song I loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did um, a little intro medley of Here Comes the Sun into yeah. one of their songs, which was awesome. So, uh, what do you give it on the Fastbender scale? Yo, yo, yo. How many Michael Fastbenders do you get out of 10, boy? Damn, dog. You get 8, because that white boy crazy. Oh. And I don't say this lightly, but like 15 out of 10. Jesus. Yeah, it was so good. The only reason, so I would give it probably at 9, 7. What? The only reason it's not their fault. The only reason they get a nine yeah. seven and not a ten is because of the crowd. No one stood up. Oh, the crowd yeah. sucked so much balls. So it was the worst bad. crowd. The worst crowd ever. One of the worst. I was so upset that was like, it as bad as Wilco where Jeff Tweedy had to tell everyone to stand up. No, but it was just like two two bad crowds. Wilco and Fleet Fox's yeah. crowd both sucked. This is the problem with like a Massey Hall. Is that like. And this is, like, my problem with Toronto audiences sometimes. It's, like, almost, like, this overprivileged of being, like, oh, these people are just, like, wind-up monkey toys for me. Like, yeah, fuck those monkey it, toys. And it's also, like, I get it that Fleet Fox's, like, catalog doesn't warrant, like, huge amounts of dancing. No, but... And stuff, but it's, like... Deserves your respect to totally. stand. Totally. That's why I feel like they should almost perform at Danforth now with no seats. Yeah, it's those seats are tough. So. But other than that, like that's the only reason. It's ten out of ten mm-hmm. for sure. It's just the crowd sucks so yeah, much. Yeah, the crowd we, was a piece of shit. So, but that was so much fun. I highly recommend mm-hmm. you go see Fleet Foxes live. Mm-hmm. We'll definitely make them the band of the week. But do you want to get into yeah. our next concert? Totally. So from here, let's again let's track the uh, concerts this summer. You start with Dewey Brothers mm-hmm. in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Moved to Fleet Foxes. Okay, kind of logical. Then mm-hmm. after Fleet Foxes was your boy, Kung Fu Kenny. Woohoo! Kendrick Lamar. So, you can see this also on our Instagram. But Kendrick Lamar is by far, like, my favorite, yeah, rapper, of favorite all, rapper. rapper of all time. And all is, time? Yeah. Right? Okay. I would say, like, Dre, you. obviously. But, like, he hasn't, like, his newer wow. stuff I'm not a fan of. But, like... Chronic, obviously, in mm. the day was, like, outstanding. Dr. Dre also only really has two, three albums. 100%. Um, Minus that NWA shit. But Kenny, Kung Fu Kenny, <laughs> one of my favorites. Get it right. Kung Fu, not Kenny, Kung Fu Kenny. No! Kung Fu Kenny. I did K-Dot, Kendrick Lamar. Anyways. But, um, uh, yeah. He's, yeah, so good. And so, this new album's outstanding. So we got there. I'm like, okay, we got to get there early because I want to see Travis Scott perform. Mm-hmm. Not because I think... I do like Travis Scott's mm-hmm. music. And I thought Travis Scott was the drummer from Blink-182. No, I'm like, that's Travis Barker. <laughs> yeah. But the reason why I wanted to see Travis Scott was be, apparently his live shows, he performs on a giant flying eagle. Yeah. And, eagle. And I'm like, 
I have to I have to see him perform live. He was like twenty feet in the air on a mm-hmm. giant eagle. But the eagle is like a fucking paper mache eagle. It yeah, looks so ridiculous. But so for people who don't know, this is his. This is my favorite song. I'll play a little bit. This is called Antidote by mm-hmm. Travis Scott from his Rodeo album. Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> He's a very 2017 rapper. Very 2017. But I think... That's it. So, unlike Fleet Foxes, mm. this show, everyone was standing. Yeah. But it was also, like, everyone and their bougie sister were standing. And so, like, you didn't really have seats. You had areas. Yeah. And so, like, I don't know if you remember this, but, like, our row was, like in front of us or beside us yeah. like four really bougie it women it was bad and bougie women bad and bougie women and they were like fucking not having it dancing um when well you better get your phone ready because well, you, you recorded oh, their crazy yeah. conversation so in between Travis Scott and Kendrick Lamar there was these uh, three uh, bougie white girls behind us and they had all gotten into a fight with one another mm-hmm. and they had a crazy argument mm-hmm. and I'm like oh my god take it outside like it got so far I thought they were going to start throwing punches at each other or like cat calling one another or something but you we had to record some of it because it was just crazy so if you can find it here it is What are you talking about? I'm trying to be stealthy. Hold on. Get to the part where they talk about being like, I got a big bag of weed for my dad. <laughs> here, let's Oops. see. What do we got? What do we got here? Oops. All right. Yeah, fast forward about 20 seconds into that conversation. Here we go. <laughs> this is not as good as I remember now. The Hills, 2006, Laguna Beach. Anyway, that was basically, yeah. they were arguing, that's what it was. But they were, like, hardcore yeah. arguing, but there's nothing more intense than, like, I'm sorry. Privileged like, white women. Like, literally 20-year-old yeah. privileged white millennials talking about, like, their dad favoring one person and spending $500 worth of shit on them. Yeah. And, like, then the other girl being like, did you get my weed? <laughs> yeah. Kind of thing. But then they were also dressed like so fucking slutty yeah. and like like wrestling girls essentially. That's what they look like, ringside girls. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those things where it's like 
I don't know what it's called, but it looks like they're wearing a one-piece one bathing suit with, yeah. like, no bra and, like, yeah. their side boobs popping yeah. out. And it's just, like, they can't be more than, like, 21, 21 years, years old. 21 years old. And so, like, they were basically, like, bitch-fighting behind us yeah. for the entire show. Yeah. So, like, it was a little bit crazy, and our seats were on the side of the stage. Yeah, we... Um, which it, were the only tickets I could get. I know. It was tough. The, um, the seats... I'm glad we got to go, but the seats were a little bit higher, a little mm-hmm. bit further away than I would have liked. But let's get into the actual Kung Fu Kenny mm-hmm. concert. What did you think of, like, stage presence, his opening, his songs? His all stage this? presence I thought was really good. Um, I think just by nature of so much of the ambient shit going on, yeah. it kind of took me out of the show a little. Um, yeah. The thing I loved, though, my favorite part was because, like I said, his theme of his new album is kind of like Kung Fu mm-hmm. stuff. So it's like on stage as he rapped, there was like two like ninjas mm-hmm. who... He was basically fighting them with their, their words, as mm-hmm. corny as it sounds coming from me. Mm-hmm. It was really cool to see like this like choreographed fight scene of him rapping, fighting with like on stage ninjas. ninjas. Like that was so. That dark. was so cool. And then at a point, he like ran down into like the pit, and he was in this like cool like almost cage in the middle of the um, floors. Yeah. And so like I thought that that was pretty cool. Um, but like overall, I think it was very much like just like super excited to like be at a show again i think i would still give it just because he's like my one of my faves like um like i would probably give it nine out of ten yo 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 how many michael fassbenders do you get out of ten boy damn dog you get eight because that white boy crazy yeah i give it probably like a nine one nine two just because he was so good but like Mm -hmm. the sound wasn't great just because of where we were and everything Mm -hmm. but He's a guy, like, again, every time he comes through town, I'll go see, I'll him, go see again him again and again. Just cause I lo- and his songs are so yeah. good live. My favorite thing, though, and, and like, I know we tell this story a lot, or at least I do, is that we love Kendrick, and his new album is called Damn. And yeah. so, like, all, like, posters for it are just, like, his head and, like, yeah. the word Damn on it. And so my brother Brandon, who plays a lot of sh- uh, gigs in the city at things like the Madison, different pubs on, like, the Rhino and whatnot... He has been a little bit out of touch with, I would say, like, the hip-hop scene. And he really liked, like, Dre and Snoop and stuff. But he's been a little out of commission. So he's, like, literally telling us the story about, like, leaving the Madison and seeing all these posters. Billboards. Billboards. And he's like, oh, my God, guys. What the fuck's wrong with music today? There's this new rapper called Damn. Yeah. And we're like, are you fucking insane? That's, like, Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. And he's, like, the biggest rapper on the planet right now. And I think we blew Brandon's mind, but I'm also like, you're showing your age now. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, you're not even, you're barely 40. Like, you should still be in touch with this. Totally. And so, like, we gave him, like, a bunch of shit to listen to. He's like, I can't get behind this. Like, what? But it's Dr. Dre's protege. Exactly. So it's just so funny. So, yeah. Okay, so we're at an hour. So, last two things. Just talk about dunkirk and arcade fire okay so i'll go really quickly yeah dunkirk on the fastbender scale yo 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 how many michael fastbenders do you get out of ten boy damn dog you get eight because that white boy crazy five out of ten see i'm gonna give it a solid nine out of ten why well okay wait let me re-ask you this question Mm. what do you give inception uh inception about a nine as well what do you give dark knight uh, Dark Knight is that the one with the Joker? Yeah, nine five. 
Okay, see, what? this what, is what, so what's fucked bullshit? up. I'm sorry. So fucking Dunkirk was supposed to be like Christopher Nolan's like it's almighty. It's his World War II war movie. And it's supposed to be like his biggest film, most like pretentiously, most creatively, best film of his whole career. I, I don't know where you're getting these stats that's from. That's what everybody said. This is his like claim to fame. Right? I, I disagree. I thought there was no storyline in that film. Storyline was war. Oh, okay. And these young men. What is this? These old men. Old man at sea. No, old man in the sea. This is in Hemingway. No, and but there's so, an old man at sea. Um, which uh, central character. One of the characters is uh, 1940s communist Germany. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, one of the, I one of the characters is war. That is and a like, character. Yesterday. Horrible. Uh, well, it's horrible. I thought now. it was horrible. The Jeez. only thing that was redeeming about it was the music, but it was so fucking loud. <laughs> right? Um. Yeah, exactly. But I think one of the funny things that made me laugh was Sean said it yesterday. And he's like, does Tom Hardy only take roles where he doesn't talk and just mumbles? Yeah. Like, there was no reason for him to mumble in Dunkirk. Well, he's a pilot. He's got to have his mask on. But what the fuck? <laughs> That's his thing. People, it's also, if you look at the movie, there's not a whole lot of huge actors. Tom Hardy may be the biggest actor in it. And you know right. why? Why? They don't want him to take, they don't want his movie starness to take away. Throw that mask on his face. Let his eyes do the acting. Oh. They did a great job of acting those okay. eyes. Not to mention that uh, kid George, poor George on the boat. I just think it was really well done. I mm-hmm. think it was a crisp hour 35. Yeah. Which means they trimmed the fat. It was just fucking action and suspense. I was just, it was so much suspense. I didn't know what was going to happen. Okay. Well, I'll give you that. I did not like it. You did not like it. No. Next. I think you're just, I think that's the hipster answer. No, it's not. It's the fucking truth. <laughs> Meanwhile, War of the Planet of the Apes. War for the Planet of the Apes. War was it war, war horse war always. <laughs> all right so let's talk about the concert we went to last week then we'll wrap this shit up mm-hmm. so one of the other concerts we bought tickets for a while ago mm-hmm. was for the uh canadian rock legends mm-hmm. arcade fire so let's start off what are your thoughts so what they've put out what five albums yeah if so they put out five albums their first four albums are classic 10 out of 10 albums yeah. in my opinion totally this new album it's mediocre which yeah. it's there's about four songs i love to death and then the rest are just either good or i don't like okay so for those of you guys who don't know arcade fire they hail out of montreal i actually the lead singer um two times to montreal ago i saw them in a restaurant we were yeah. in um they also did the soundtrack basically to where the wild things are and this is like their yeah. main song off yeah, funeral this is wake up this is wake up um they're just such an amazing band and so like we saw a secret show by them seven, seven years, years ago. ago at the danforth that we had to like line up to get tickets for um which i think also enhanced the experience of yeah. seeing that show but it was right before the suburbs was released saw that show and it was like a religious experience yeah, so this year, I was like, okay, if we go back, we got to at least get some good seats. So we had mm-hmm. awesome seats again. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing was Broken Social Scene was opening up for the band. Mm-hmm. I'd never seen Broken Social Scene before. Yeah. Broken Social Scene, for those of you guys who are Canadian but still don't Drop know. Drop them some Cause Equals Time. By Cause both. Equals Time, songs for a 17-year-old girl. The band is basically comprised of all these other Canadian one-off artists. Yeah, it's like, almost like a super group. Super group. So it's basically like Feist. Kevin em- Drew. Yeah, Emily Haynes. Of Metric. Of Metric. Um, what you call it? 
Amy Milan. Who that? Uh, stars. Oh. Mm. And then, um, what you want to call it? Kevin Drew. Yeah, we said. But like, it's basically like thirteen people yeah. on stage, and they kind of are a smaller, more locally indie version of an arcade fire. Like yeah. they have like the same anthem. But they also sound. have their own festival in Toronto called Field Trip Festival mm-hmm. every year. So they're a big band, mm-hmm. not as big as Arcade Fire, but they're critically acclaimed as mm-hmm. well. So it was cool that they opened up. And we missed their first few songs, but they were awesome. I mean, the crowd wasn't into it as much because it's just the opening act and they're filling up the venue. And they said they never played the ACC before. Yeah. So anyways, I liked them a lot, but why don't we talk about the Arcade Fire? What do you think of them? So Arcade Fire came out in like in between... Blew my dick off. (laughs) In between Broken Social Scene um, and the Arcade Fire set list was this weird like corporate marketing for Arcade Fire around the entire arena. Yeah, I didn't care for that. I didn't care for that at all. And it was almost so, like, jarring to the point where I'm like, this is so weird. Yeah. But then it made sense when the band came out. So they came out, uh, the lights went down, and they started kind of coming out to, like, it's like a wrestling or a boxing ring. Like a box, like boxers come out, and they walk down the uh, through the crowd to get mm-hmm. to their ring, and they have music playing. So they basically walked out like they were getting ready to go box. Like they were Money Mayweather. Yeah, and so it would be like... With 20 Grammys and, like, 14 whatever. 14 million albums sold, sold 28 wide, Grammys. One three, Oscar yeah. nom, like, et cetera. Yeah. They're like, we have Arcade Fire in the left-hand corner, like, or whatever. And so, like, that was really awesome. Such a great way to start the show. And then, like, they started with every everything, everything now. now. And so, like... Blew me away. Which I don't think either of us really liked that song. No, I, I do. I did like that song. Before the show? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, see, I really didn't. Mm. But um, their new album has, like, a very 70s disco vibe yeah, to Abba it. Yeah, ABBA feel. ABBA feel. Um, but the whole show just kept getting more, like, better and better. I would yeah. say, like, there was two songs out of maybe 20 yeah. I didn't care for. Same here. So on the Fastbender scale, what do you give it? Yo, yo, yo. How many Michael Fastbenders do you get out of 10, boy? Damn, dog. You get eight, because that white boy crazy. We kind of had this conversation about, like, what were our best concerts of the year, and, like, how does this rank? And I'm trying to say, like, I know we gave Arkells, like, a yeah. huge number, and then, like, Run the Jewels. Foxes 15 out of 10. I know. So now I'm like, fuck. So I'm like, I would also give Arcade Fire, like, 15 out of 10. Yeah, they're a 10 out of 10 for me, for sure. So, like, it was, and, like, to the point where I'm, like, so sad we didn't go to the Saturday show I know, I would have gone to the other show, too. Um, It was an unbelievably cool experience. And I think they were so gracious at our show about, like, the whole Mm. thing that that made it better. Because I think sometimes you think, like, bands of that stature could be, like, egotistical, but they didn't feel it. No. And so, like, it, it was awesome. They played, like, at least four songs from each album i would say if not more yeah, exactly. from like the great, originals great uh, set list great set list the main singers like went uh will and like regina like literally jumped into the crowd. the crowd yeah and did a bunch of stuff so like it was just awesome like i'm still riding a high and i've been listening to arcade fire like since that show me too i want them to they don't tour a lot either like they seem to only tour when they put out an album they only mm-hmm. put out an album once every four years mm-hmm. basically so it was uh Definitely for me, probably the show, of the year, the concert of the year, and I'm sad that we won't see him again for a while. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it was awesome. Val goes for her hood pass next week on Live at 605.
that's going to be good. We have this game that uh, I'm not going to tell you what the game is, but I've had it planned for a few months now. So I'm very excited to play it next week with you. Totally. So do we agree we want to do Fleet Foxes as the band 100%. of the week? 100%. So I think, what, if you don't mind, I have one of their really good songs I like a lot. <laughs> no problem, John. <laughs> Listen, you. You get the uh, big sponsorship this week. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I did do that 13 and a half hour experience. Just to get us, but part of when you landed the next day, you're like, "This is gonna make for a good podcast." Story. No, you, I did not. I may have. But now you think about that shit. Oh, obviously. It was a 20 minute story. It was. It's fantastic. Oh. <laughs> so I think we can both agree that the song "On Another Ocean" by Fleet Foxes is, is fantastic. That's one that breaks down halfway through I and just know. like melts my face off. So <laughs> their new album's called Crack Up, and it might be the best album of the year. I don't know. You have to wait. For our best of 2017 podcast, which will come out end of December, Totes. talk about best concerts, songs, TV shows, movies, and everything. Apparently, Dunkirk will not be on your list. Oh fuck no! Although I think we've only seen like five movies. Yeah, this so year, we might so not might do not. movies. Maybe we'll do TV. We always do TV. I know, but maybe we'll just spend more time on TV. That's true. So why don't we get into the song of the week? By the band of the week is "On Another Ocean" by Fleet Foxes. Mm-hmm. So all the way to get in contact with our asses, facebook.com slash live605 to see my interaction with Sparta Cat and some pictures of uh, concerts we've been to. Follow your boy on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Malencamp. I'm at ValGomez23 on Instagram and Twitter. And what's that? You going through puberty? Hello. And on iTunes? Drop us a comment on our iTunes page because every comment you leave for us pushes us back into the news and noteworthy. So until next week, <coughs> just trying to take my sunshine there. Until next week, I'm your podcaster, John. I am Val. B. E. We're going to wipe that mic down. Oops. We got SARS on it. Oh. Let's make room. You see all you need behind you. Lies inside. Anyone you owe. Lying on the other ocean. On the other
John Mallon and Val Gomez.